This week on a very special episode of Horror High. Jace, Chuck, are y'all coming to the kegger tonight? (laughs) Elvira and PJ are coming and I want y'all there. Awesome, sweet. Fred, what about you? Ah, gee, Drac. I'd go, but... Hey, man, what's wrong? You seem like you have a lot on your mind. Can I tell you something? You can tell me anything, bro. Can you pinky swear? Just like cross my eye and hope to die, little Bernie, bro. Okay, well, so I've been having these terrible nightmares. Whoa. In my... <laughs> in my nightmares, I'm I'm in my bedroom, which, you know, is... In the uh, boiler room. Yes, yes. Oh, oh. And I just... I wake up in my room. Everything seems normal. And then there's just these screaming teenage boys and girls just running around and... God, that sounds frightening. Telling they, me... What are they doing? They're, they are telling me not to kill them, and then they just run right into my hands, which... Oh, your Wolverine cosplay gloves? Yeah, well, you know, they're not cosplay. This is like a part of my body. Well, no, that's... No, it's from last summer when we Edward Forty's hands you, man. Yeah, that's just a bunch of fucking... Gorilla glue. Are you serious? Yeah, you could take those off anytime, dude. In fact, it's only on one hand, by the way. Oh. Classically. <laughs> Canonically. Yeah. Speaking, bro, you know. So, what if I promise to help you take your stupid knife glove off so that these weird dream teenagers stop running into them stomach first? Would that make you feel better if I did that for you, little man? Little Fred? Yeah, bro. Thanks for, like, you know, listening to me. And I'm the I'm the jock with a heart of gold, though, dude, you know? So, I mean, you know, that's kind of what I'm here for is to talk to little weird creepy bros like you, too, you know? <laughs> I'm glad... I'm glad to have you in my life, Drac. Oh, my God, I'm glad to have you in mine. Okay, so we got to get to the part where somebody screams no, and I don't know how to end this bit, bro. <laughs> so, uh-huh. what do you say? Uh... I just scream no and we start the show. Okay. No! <laughs> it's my ears. I fuck your ears. This is Slasher Movie Podcast Now. An experiment in audio terror and flesh-feasting film fandom. Prepare yourself for your two hellish hosts, Michael Benton and Philip Shadburn, will chainsaw their way through the slasher movie classics of yesteryear. From the blood-soaked shores of Crystal Lake to the even more blood-soaked shores of Elm Street, this podcast leaves no factoid unmurdered. I'm Michael. And I'm Philip. And, uh, I'm going to just say this now, get it out at the top of the episode. In my opinion, okay? Okay. This is the great American horror film. I didn't say slasher. Yeah. I didn't say, 
you know, ghost film or something like that, I personally feel, for me, this is the great American horror film. As well it should, because it's all about dreams and you could die in them and you're helpless in those dreams at the same. So there's a lot of terror. There's like, it's the, yeah, it's a slasher, but it's also like a ghost kind of, uh, well, I mean, like it, a paranormal. Well, no, I mean specifically American, though, right? And, and I mean, look, we'll get to that as we go through the episode. I will make my case for why I think this is the great American yeah. horror film, okay? But the Japanese have Audition. The Germans have Nosferatu. The Italians have Suspiria. Right, yeah. The Exorcist owes a huge debt to European film. The Shining is just too fucking weird and Stanley Kubrick to even qualify mm-hmm. as from any origin. Right, Evil Dead's close, but no cigar. Right, yeah. I'm not saying it's the scariest. I'm saying it's the most American. Okay, so it, the suburbs, selfish, narcissistic, checked out boomer parents, the youth. Right, paying for the sins of the parents, a taunting, aggressive villain with a sick sense of humor, inappropriately sexual. This movie is America. Okay, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know you know what I mean. I know that I know that, that I know. Yeah, you, you know mean. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that about you, dog. <laughs> Phil, yeah. I didn't start with this. How are you? Great. Are you going to ask me about how the fuck I'm doing? Sorry about that. You are a selfish S-O-B. This is hard. This I'm sure it is. I'll give you time. Take your time. I'll step away from the mic. Sorry, trying to <clears throat> care about other people <laughs> really m- makes me sick. Hang on. Ooh. Michael, how are you doing today? Okay. First off, that was very big of you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Take a moment. Drink some water. That was a big moment. Yeah. This might not mean much to the listener right now. But this means a lot to me. How am I doing? I'm feeling repressed. Why? So, because it's a segue for what I wanted to say next. Oh. So just bear with bear me. With <laughs> this movie is all about repression. The things you push away and ignore and pretend aren't a big problem, right? And then they blow up in your fucking face. Again, ain't nothing more American than that, right? Repression is probably the most Lee Greenwood as a motherfucker thing about America, right? It's just it's just like, we're awesome and ain't nothing wrong, ain't nothing wrong. And then volcanic <laughs> explosion, we're just like, okay, something wrong. And I don't know what happened. Back ignore there. it still. Just ignore it. Ain't nothing wrong. Exactly. That's yeah. what this movie is. <clears throat> Again, my case throughout this episode, this is the most American horror film, right? It's my favorite American horror film. Right, repression, though, is also uh, Wes Craven's entire entire uh, childhood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wes Craven was brought up in a strict Baptist house. His dad died on a loading dock when he was only three years old. His mom, Caroline, 
I mean, she was super fucking Christian, dude. She ran a tight ship, no movies, no rock and roll, no drinking, any infraction. And she'd remind you about how you were going to burn on a, you know, on a lake of fire for all of the turn. So, yeah, uh, the Bobby Boucher's mom. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Total Bobby Boucher's. Bobby Moucher. Bobby Moucher. He attended Wheaton College, right, which was a strict Christian school, and uh, he continued to stay away from sex and movies, you know, just the stuff of the devil, right? I don't know. Did you read about this? About that viral infection he caught when he was a kid? Actually, he was, a, he was you know... Not maybe, the was, viral infection. Oh, dude, he was already like 20 or something. He caught a bad viral infection in his spine, and he wound up paralyzed from the waist down for a few months. Just hole up in a hospital bed, right? And when he was there, he had time to think, and he had nothing he could do, right? Mm-hmm. So he started writing, he started doing poetry, he started playing music on an acoustic guitar, he met his future wife there, right? I think she was a nurse or something like that, right? Or she was one of those uh, candy stripers. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? It a was... nurse that gives you candy? <laughs> I know. I think it was just... Like goofy white people that would come in and start singing uh, cheer you up songs or uh, something. No, I don't want that. I don't even think it's a thing anymore. No, and I don't think I had that right. <laughs> but he starts like getting invested in all of this writing and thinking and stuff like that. So Christianity, as you would expect, is the starts falling by the wayside. Right? Yeah, it starts going away slowly. It usually does when you start to think for yourself. <laughs> Former Catholic, yeah, speaking here, um, and then eventually wound up teaching at a college, and he wrote a novel, um, and then he moves to New York to try and sell it. He's raising a family at the time. He's married the candy striper lady. Yeah, that he the met. candy striper of his dreams. Right. He goes to New York to sell his book, and nobody wants it. It's New York in the early seventies. So everybody's just like, I'm fucking walking Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a lot of tude, lot of tude. Classic New York tude. A lot of gugga gugga. Oh, too much, right? Like, 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 just put an embargo on the gugga's, please. Thank you very much. Right. Then he meets Sean Cunningham. Coming hands, excuse me, as we called him from the first episode. Yeah. And they started teaming up. On softcore porn films, right? This That's where you start. For a lot of people back in the 70s, yeah. Yeah. Craven was the editor and Sean Cunningham was the writer and director. Yeah. And so at this point, Wes Craven is just intentionally finding things that are as unchristian as possible. Softcore from like, I guess like the 70s and all that was like just, it, it was like a really bad movie, but with nudity. Softcore porn in the 70s was the same thing as a, your average garden variety Instagram post now. <laughs> right? Like, it was just, I'm smiling, like, eek, she's a demon. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, whereas, like, like, hardcore porn of the 70s would be like your garden variety, oh, this is really stale yeah. X videos. Why video. are these people acting like they care about one another? That's the thing. I don't it was also, like it. It was coming out of the hippies thing where it yeah. was like, show love, yeah. love. And now people are just like, I just want to see something get fucking wrecked. I just want to see something gross. Yeah, well, that's porn. Thanks, internet. <clears throat> but uh, Wes Craven basically stopped talking to his mother and they just grew apart, 
right? And that pained him for the rest of his life, actually. That, I the, bet. The, I mean, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, and he basically rejected his Christian upbringing. I have a quote from him. He said, uh, quote, Wes Craven, I had so much rage as a result of years of being made to be a good boy. It kind of makes you crazy. I'm surprised I never climbed a tower and shot people. Kind of like Charles Whitman we were talking about last yeah. week, you know. Um, that's how repression works, right? It makes you fucking crazy, or it makes you, uh, in Wes Craven's case, a great, great horror filmmaker, is you tap into that, the shit that isn't talked about, the shit that you hide, right? Because from all accounts, he was kind of a horny little kid. I mean, he was a kid. He was thinking about sex, but his I mom... Mean, that's what most... Yeah. yeah, but he grew up in one of those super fucking yeah. Baptist households mm-hmm. where it was like, you did thoughts of sex are demonic, yeah. you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, I was raised Catholic. You were raised... Uh, I was raised Southern Baptist, sometimes Methodist, sometimes Pentecostal, whatever. Like, we would go from one different Christian, what, sect or whatever, like, right. from one. I was like, I'm confused. It's like, I like uh, the Methodist. At least they're quiet, and they know to stop at 12. <laughs> what, what, what would, uh, what would uh, Baptist do? <clears throat> They go long, don't they? They go long, and the Pentecostals will go long because they want everybody after the end of the sermon to feel guilty. So they're like, come up and testify. Tell me all the nasty things you've done. But in front of everyone, not just like with the Catholics, just in the booth. No, it's like they could get up like, I've been drinking, I've been cheating, I've been doing all this. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, stop. Hold on, stop. People would get up there in front of their family and, and yeah. their neighbors and confess to cheating. And cry, be like, I've been a fornicating with my neighbor and with the wife there <laughs> oh and the god. kids. Oh my god. And I'm just like trying not to like giggle. My mom's that like, is, quit it. That, he's pouring his heart. I'm like, he, he's an idiot. You don't just get up <laughs> in front oh. of public and be like, here's every shitty thing I've ever done. Or like, here's the bad things I've done this week. No, you sit down, shut up, and go the fuck home. Okay, that's what I remember about confession uh, growing up Catholic was there were times, it's sort of like therapy now. Like, when I go to my therapist, there are times where it's like, there's not a lot bothering me, so I just kind of like think of shit to talk about. <laughs> I'll just be like, you know, I, uh, you know, I just... I robbed a bank. Like, you just think of something. (laughs) So I remember I would go into confession and just sort of think of some shit to say. Just sort of like, oh, I was not, uh, I don't know. I left the butter out and it got weird. And even though you can leave it out, but, you know, my parents like to refrigerate it because they like it to feel cold when they spread it on hot toast. And the priest would just be like, okay, well, five Our Fathers and three Hail Marys. And I was like, you know what I mean? But... The thing where Catholicism and it has a lot of guilt and shame that it like hoists upon you, where it's just like you are a fucking dirty little monster, you know. Hey, I, I, but think of going to like one of the like uh, like trying to listen to a preacher that's either a Pentecostal or a Southern Baptist. They're just yelling that shit at you. Like, you're a terrible person. You should repent. Blah, blah. I was like, what the? F- who goes here to just 
be screamed at by some red-faced fat white guy. A bunch of people, apparently. Yeah, yeah I know, exactly. And then the Catholic thing was like, he would be, this is obviously everything is post-Vatican II, yeah. which is basically, just think of it like AOL 2.0. They were like, okay, we've been speaking Latin at these fools for fucking 1,500 years. Now let's update it a little bit. We'll speak the language of whatever country or place that this particular church is in, right? But they would still do the... Mm -hmm. Well... And a Catholicism to you. Right? That's what the guy would do. <laughs> At least it wasn't like with a lot of like deep South Christian religion, uh, like is um speaking in tongues which is just gibberish at least that's latin and that was a language yeah it, right, but right, but uh right right then you have like fucking speaking in tongues where someone's just like i'm like what the fuck is going on i the, look i told you last week during the texas chainsaw episode and i'll tell you again you people scare me, okay? They scare me too, and I'm and I'm one of them. <laughs> you just look in the mirror, and just like, ah! you just get freaked out, man. Oh yeah, you scare the shit out of everybody. You just put your face like this. <laughs> looks well. I do have looks that can kill. No, religion is fucking scary. I think we can all agree on it. It's basically, you know, honestly, especially, you know, Christianity is like the first slasher movie. <laughs> it's first right? Freddy. Well, it's just, it's all blood, boobs, death. The Old Testament? Oh, yeah. The new one's kind of fucked up, Then the up new too. one came along with the hippie son, and it was still violent. Oh, yeah. It was just like, it was like, all right, let's be a little bit more chill here, and let's listen to some crunchy tunes, walk around barefoot, tie-dyed tees. The Bible. But it's still fucking scary The Bible shit. had a terrible ending. It's That's like, the oh, by thing. the way, everything burns and we all die. Think about that, you know? Yeah. People are like, oh, no, the New Testament's a lot sweeter. The New Testament ends with the book of Revelation, where <laughs> yeah. the four horsemen of the apocalypse show up, and just you hear the horns of... <laughs> Of Gabriel's or whatever, yeah, yeah, right. What a fucking nightmare, man. Uh, Actually, speaking of nightmares, Phil, have you ever had a nightmare that was so realistic, so fucking crazy that it fucked you up the next day? Yeah, I've had a few. Which I, uh, I uh, have like. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's happened a good handful of times. Uh, sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis, and uh, was it uh, what's Ari? What's REM sleep? Well, that's normal sleep. Yeah, no, no, no. So it's just like sleep. Uh, Do you mean lucid dreaming? That, but the worst was with uh, sleep paralysis. Paralysis. Right. It's like you're in. Like, it seems real. Like, you're in your room, and, like, your eyes are open, and you're in some, like, weird deep sleep with your eyes open, so you're seeing everything, and your mind is still there, but not there, so... Your eyes are open, like, 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 like in real life, your eyes are open. Yeah, man, But like, you're still dreaming? Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, I've heard of it... You can see, like, everything in, like, your room, like it's been there. Okay. You know, like where your TV's at. Well, and, then, and then what happens? Uh, the first one I had was uh, the one, there's one where there's what they say is a little imp or a demon on your chest. 
I've like heard of that. That I've is heard. keeping you from moving and breathing in your face. And it's got, and like, and you get like really hot. And uh, there's this weird noise in uh, the background that's like a droney, like, <clears throat> kind of like a, and then there's this whole, like, you can hear, like, rah, 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 like that is talking. Like, whatever is on your chest. And you just wake up and you're, like, very weak. And it's one of those nightmare kind of things where you fucking get up, you get the water, you're just shaking. You're like, what the fuck? And you stay up for a few more hours just to make sure you think it wears off <clears throat> kind of thing. Jesus Christ. I've had a couple. Okay. <clears throat> the worst nightmare I ever had was I dreamed one time that I uh, shit myself at the Mall of Georgia food court. I mean, I have had those kind of nightmares where it's just something very embarrassing that you <laughs> yeah. don't want to do in public. First off, my entire life is me doing something very embarrassing in public. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a filmmaker, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So there are times where I just am fighting that urge to just, like, run away. Like, from the podcast, there are times where I just want to, in the middle of it, run away because I made a joke that I know isn't funny. You just get up and run directly into the woods, and I'm like, his car is in the driveway, and he's going into the woods. Okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to look for him. The worst nightmare I ever saw wasn't mine. It was uh, my family went to uh, Panama City Beach, which uh, people in the South know. It's in Florida on the Panhandle, and it's called Redneck Riviera. And uh, it's, it is. It honestly is. It's where all the white trash go. And they just like just they don't even flag. Oh, airbrush stores everywhere. Oh, and all the Trump flags and <laughs> shit everywhere. And they all wear their MAGA hats. And they'll all stand. 20 feet into the fucking ocean and they just stand there with their let the bell- waves hit yeah. your knees yeah <laughs> hey, with their, my dad did it with their big red bellies just got a beer and a cozy yeah you know they're just cozy <laughs> I said well I mean you know it's cozy uh, thank you it's tight yeah it's like you get to hold a little pillow with like a little alcoholic little yeah, sweetness in the middle keeps the beer colder exactly 10% colder it's like a it's like a gusher you know mm-hmm. right Anyways, we go down, uh, my family went down to Panama City Beach, and uh, that night we were staying in our our hotel room, sleeping, and my mom and dad are in one bed, me and my brother are in the other bed, and at like 3 a.m., darkened fucking motel room, my brother starts screaming bloody fucking murder. He just starts, ah, 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 right? I instinctively jump across the room and dive between my parents and their bed, right? Like, I just immediately, like, because I think he's being stabbed to death, right? Yeah. And uh, my parents are freaking the fuck out. Motel manager starts calling. There's the people on either side of the room start knocking on the door. Like, he was screaming that yeah, fucking Yeah, I mean, much. it's Panama City. Anything can happen. It, it could have been murder. Exactly. Could have been, yeah. fu- been a fucking meth deal gone bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, this ass is not getting me fucking high and just starts yeah. knifing some this fucking person. This is persons. just ass. Yeah, it came out of the machine. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is Morton Salt, you son of a bitch. Mm. This ain't bath salts. <laughs> right? Okay, so uh, it turned out my brother had had a dream that our mom had left the family to live with the white trash family down the street, the, <laughs> ac- the, the acres. Uh, they were basically, just think the bumpuses from A Christmas Story, okay. and you are yeah. not far off. Um, but that was... The scariest like reaction to a nightmare I've ever seen. Scare. It's it sounds like a nothing dream. It's actually funny sounding, but I've never had a dream <laughs> that I reacted like a nightmare that scared me that fucking much. I've definitely had nightmares. I've woken up in cold sweats before from a nightmare. Yeah. Um. Apparently, the definition of like a true nightmare is it 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 causes some distress the next day, mm-hmm. you know, and you remember it vividly for the most part. Like, not one of those ones where you just snap awake because something scary was happening, but you mm-hmm. immediately can't remember. Because I have those a lot more. Like, the the falling sensation ones. Uh, yeah, where it jerks you, like, out of sleep. Yeah. Look, you know, one of the big things people say about slasher movies is that they're sexist, they're misogynist, and a lot of that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, we just gotta say that up front. Same thing like when we did the action movie podcast... Well, it's usually, it's usually the woman running from danger. The damsel in distress. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, like, even Laurie Strode, right? You know, she gets, she. I mean, don't get me wrong, she stabs him in the the eye at one point, but it takes Dr. Loomis charging in with a Screaming fucking, he's pure evil. Yeah, with a pistol. Yeah. yeah. Shooting him, right? Right? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in that movie, the movie that started the slasher movie trend, really, mm-hmm. it still took Dr. Loomis running in and shooting Mike Myers. Yeah, right? an old <laughs> Mike fat Myers. Guy. Mike, Mike Myers, Myers. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> That's trying to get Randy, baby. Yes, exactly. It'd be great if he just ripped off the Captain Kirk mask. He and plays that. <laughs> <laughs> starts doing his little, do I make you horny? Yeah, I'm like, what is this? What happened? <laughs> Wait, this isn't the movie I remember. Is this a deep fake? <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely the damsel in distress trope for slasher movies. Uh, but in this movie, Nancy is a fucking boss, dude. I was going to say, she's the one that fights him. But she's basically Kevin McAllister at the end of this movie, yeah. right? Like, she just booby traps. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it, and it fucking, and they work. They mm-hmm. work. She's she's a boss. It is yet another reason to love Heather Langenkamp. Dude. Mm-hmm. She is a beast in these movies. You know the two, the three that she was in. Yeah, right? which was this one, Dream Warriors, and uh, New Nightmare. Uh, New Nightmare. Yeah. Which I've never been a big fan of. New we'll Nightmare. get to it, but it, I'm the same way. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. Because man. this one, Dream Warriors, and the second one. Uh, you don't like uh, Part Four? That's the one that uh, Rennie Harlan directed. That's the, uh, uh, the Dream Master. Dream Master. I've, yeah, that's a great one, actually. I think that's I think that's very underrated. You know, they they took well, I the, can't wait to get back to watch it. They took the dream logic to another level. But uh, Phil, I gotta ask you, man, what is the plot of this little this little movie? Alrighty. <clears throat> okay. Four teenagers living on the same street are attacked and murdered in their dreams by a creep with burnt hot dog skin. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan's in this. Yeah, he's like, let me tell you something, brother. I am the nightmare. <laughs> Speaking of American nightmares, no shit, dude. Oh, yeah. I got another question for you. And I think, I think, I think Horton would ask this. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Let me try it. Let me try another one. Okay. Let me try another Dr. Seuss pun. May I? Before I ask who's in this, you yeah. ready? Okay. Um, you know, kind of like uh, Phil. The next question I got to ask you is kind of like the the Grinch uh, who stole Christmas. Who's in this? Oh, those are bad. I'm not going to cut that though. That's okay. Uh, you know, no, Sometimes hold on. You just I'll own it. I I tried a pun twice in a row. You know, I think sometimes the, you got to own up. I think Doctor Seuss is just not cut out for slasher movie jokes, man. Probably not. Yeah. Let's then. You know what? Maybe jokes are also. We agreed we would never joke on this show. True. So jokes aren't funny. Let's go. jokes are oppressive. Let's cut those out and let's just do the cast list. <laughs> who's, okay. Who's in this? Well, you have Heather Langenkamp as yep. Nancy Thompson, who is the final girl. Mm-hmm. She would you call her a scream queen? Because she she does have a great scream, dude. Especially yeah. in the the, the 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 sequence at the school where she follows Tina's body bag. Into yeah. The, when she snaps out of it, dude, she's got a great scream. But Scream Queen is almost a pejorative for Heather Langenkamp mm-hmm. because she's such a fucking, she's the hero of this movie. Yeah. But okay. She's definitely the final girl. Yeah. That. We have John Saxon who passed away this year. Uh, he plays Lieutenant Donald Thompson. That's right. Nancy's father. R.I.P., man. <clears throat> yeah, he was, he was in Enter the Dragon. I know he played the dragon. I think, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. R.I.P. Dude, he he was John the Dragon Saxon. He was John the Dragon Saxon. He's dragging his sack, son. He was a martial artist. <laughs> he could have used that middle name. Uh, he really could have. He really could have. Mm-hmm. Go on. All right. Well, you have Robert England as Freddy Krueger. You might know Robert England from Hello, I'm Robert England. In yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was in, uh, we talked about him last week. Yeah, he was in Eating Alive. Is Eating Alive, he played Buck, who was raring to fork. Yeah. <laughs> it's the edited version. It's the edited version. <laughs> All right, well, oh, looky here. What do we have here, Phil? Johnny Depp. Uh, never heard of him, go on. Well, who he else? plays Glenn Lance. Oh, that guy, right, I never heard of him. Go on, who else you got? Ronnie Blakely as Marge Thompson, Nancy's mother. That's right, she is a... Th- she is amazing in this. Mm-hmm. Just playing that checked out Just, alcoholic yeah, suburban I'm mom. I'm not here anymore. In the yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I'm just gonna take my Xanax and drink my wine, <laughs> yeah, classic, and whatever bad dreams you have is on you. Classic suburban mom, dude. Mm-hmm. Classic suburban mom. I'm telling you, this is Bill Case, dude. The most American slasher movie. Amanda Weiss as Christina Gray, which is uh, one of the friends. Okay, well, you have Nick Corey as Rod Lane, one of the other friends. Yeah, that he's in there too. Yeah, he's yeah. Joseph Whip as Sergeant Parker. It's Whip. Whip. <laughs> Get a writer. Uh, pay the price. Okay, Charles Fleischer as Doctor King. Uh, you might know him. Uh, he was Roger Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's right. The big talking bunny in this movie was played by the same big talking bunny who was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's right. That's, that's right. right. 
Well, I heard his wife was a nightmare on the set. Could have been. <laughs> and they're talking cigar chomping baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, last but not least, you have Lynn Shea as the teacher. Uh, she is actually the wife of the producer, Robert Shea, who is like the owner or... or We're going to get into that. Yeah. Uh, you might remember her from There's Something About Mary, Kingpin, Insidious, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Detroit Rock City as the Christian Detroit, mom. Of course that's yeah. the movie you would mention. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why is it The only thing I like about Kiss <laughs> is that movie. That movie sucks, dude. <laughs> hey, to each its own. No, no. Okay. No, you're wrong. That movie's terrible. Gotcha. Is that who else? Is that it? That's it. That's okay. the cast. Okay. Look. <clears throat> Sometime in the late 70s, Wes Craven uh, read an article in the LA Times about a Cambodian family that escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and came to the US. Right? Now, the killing fields are mass burial grounds in Cambodia where at least 1.4 million people, having been tortured and executed by Pol Pot's uh, Khmer Rouge regime, are buried. Right? It was part of a national state-sponsored genocide. The Khmer Rouge uh, had just seized power of Cambodia and were killing anyone seen as a threat to the cause, right? So that's intellectuals, ethnic uh, minorities, religious minorities. Like Up to a third of Cambodian men died during this uh, nightmare and 15% of women as well, right? Uh, the reason I bring this up, the family featured in that L.A. Times article that Wes Craven read had escaped all of that craziness, right? And the trauma followed with them. Their son was, he was basically, he was like plagued by nightmares, like big, bad nightmares. And in them, he was being chased by some monster. So they were so bad, he refused to sleep. I'm talking for days on end, weeks on end, right? Okay, so uh, he drank pots and pots of coffee to stay up. His parents got, obviously, extremely worried. They gave him sleeping pills, and he would pretend to take them, and then he would just toss them, right? Eventually, the kid, the human body can't stay up forever. The kid eventually passes out, goes to sleep, right? That night, the parents are woken up by that kid screaming bloody fucking murder, Right? They get to his bedroom. Before they get to his bedroom, the screaming stops. They get in there, and the boy had died in the middle of the nightmare. Ugh. Wes Craven read that, and he was like, that's that's it. That's the movie, yeah. right? I mean, can you imagine? Especially all the shit they must have seen oh, back in Cambodia. Hell. Fuck, dude. That's uh, Like, when I read that, doing the research for that, mm -hmm. that's horrifying, dude. I, I can't imagine, you know? Yeah. Um... So anyways, they, they, they go through that. He reads the article. He's like, Nightmare on Elm Street, here it is, right? Now, of course, most people probably know the story of how Wes Craven came up with Freddy Krueger. Did, did you read about that? Yeah, he was looking out of the window of his home home when he was a kid. Yeah. And he saw this old, crazy-looking, derelict old man, like yeah. hobo, just like kind of like waves at him. From yeah, well he he stops this this uh, the way he told it was uh, and there's a great documentary called Never Sleep Again. It's available, I think. Is that the one that's on Shutter? No, that's the uh, Friday the Thirteenth one. But it's a great four hour documentary about the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and in it, the way he explains the story was he was a little kid, he was looking out the window, 
Yeah, he sees this old raving derelict walking down the street, and the guy stops and he looks at little little Wesley, right? And little Wesley hides. Mm-hmm. Oh no! And he goes and he sits on the foot of his bed, right? And he waits until he's pretty sure the guy's passed. And then he goes and he looks out the window again, and the guy's still standing there. And the guy just kind of like leaned in and just kind of gave him like a fucking boo kind of look. And then he just like, and he said ever since then, that was it, right? Yeah. Real quick, though, I want to say that, and I think this is almost as iconic as Freddy Krueger, are the posters for A Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. the whole series. Yeah. Well, besides the trailer, these were all people had to go on before seeing the... Well, I guess that's true for movies in general, but uh, uh, it's fucking awesome sauce. They were done by Matthew Peake, right? And for this first one, it's a teenage girl lying in bed, her hair splayed out over her pillow, eyes wide open, right? And floating above her, like veiny metal claws Mm -hmm. and a skull with almost like pained, sad eyes. Yeah. Uh, And it has my favorite horror tagline ever. If Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. That is fucking great. Well, yeah. You know, that's basically, I mean, you know, that was the thing that Bob uh, Shea, the producer of the film, Mm -hmm. the the guy who ran and still runs, I think, uh, New Line Cinema. Yeah. When he saw that, he was like, well, everybody has a nightmare story they can tell you, right? So, I mean, that's like perfect for a wide audience, you know. Uh, His father... uh, 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 Matthew Peake, the guy who did the poster, his father, Bob Peake, also did poster art for Hollywood. He did the Apocalypse Now poster with that, like, bloody sun and Mm. Marlon Brando's, like, seemingly melting face. Face. Oh, they're eerily similar, the two posters, and they are both disturbing as shit. Yeah, both very uh, nightmarish movies. What would you say is your favorite nightmare poster? Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Classic poster. Mm-hmm. Classic poster. Now, Matthew Peake, I don't know if he did that one, but God, <laughs> what a great poster. <laughs> yes. You don't know the posters very no, well, do you? Okay, well, we'll skip this part. <laughs> I'm not cutting it. Oh, that's, that's, that's fine. Oh, no, you're getting spanked two episodes in a row, mister. All right. Okay. But yeah, Matthew Peake did all of them. My favorites in particular were the Dream Warriors poster. Oh, oh dude, or part two, Freddy's Revenge. It's the poster where the scream queen of the movie, who's yeah. the male character, yeah. is, is holding, holding his girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He looks just like Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. and he's looking in the mirror, and in the mirror, he's Freddy. He's Freddy, yeah. Oh, it's so fucking great. But the way he, the way this, the way Matthew Peake just illustrates. Freddy it never looks just like Freddy. It's fantastic. It's so it's so abstract and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put some links actually in the description so you can be able to check out his work because he is good, my baby. <laughs> so what had Robert England done before this? I mean, I know there was Eaten Alive. No, Eaten Alive. He was <coughs> he had been in a few things and he was starting to get a a kind of a buzz about him. Mm-hmm. You know, not unlike Buzz Lightyear. Okay, you to know. infinity and beyond. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he was kind of in the beyond, you know? Yeah. Not the horror film by Lucio Fulci, but he was in the the ether. I think I've seen the beyond. It is not good. It is not that good. Originally, Wes Craven, uh, he wasn't, like, a lot of people weren't sure 
about Robert England as uh, Freddy because he he's such a nice guy and he's kind of a goofy spaz, you mm. know. And Wes Craven saw something in him. Like even Robert England was like, I don't know if I can necessarily do this. And he was like, I I think you can do it, Mister. Yeah. You know? And he gave him a little pat well, on the old ass. He's no Jackie Earl Haley, but. I feel bad for him, and I'm not here to shit on that guy. Yeah, he was just doing it. They tried it. to make a new franchise out of it, and they're like, you know what? No, sorry, Jackie. Why don't you go be Rorschach? Yeah, why don't you go back to being a nurse, Jackie? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go go be one of the bad news bears. Who <laughs> was he? Yeah, that's the why I said when it. When he was a kid? Yeah, he was one what? of the bad news bears. Was he the little blonde-haired racist one? <laughs> no, I think he had red hair. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. Did he? Was he the one who was covered in horrible burns? <laughs> yes, and That's they're like, the he's one. one of the Make a Wish kids. He's got to play baseball. <laughs> okay. And Walter Matthau was like, rah, 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 rah. Mm-hmm. I told you we do not make those jokes. We do not do that on this show. Well, what do we do? We talk slashers, man. Okay, you know? that's not offensive at all. I know. Well, <laughs> there's no reason to compound Nobody it. Nobody dies. You know, whatever, man. Whatever yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do think, like, with Robert England, it is his goofy, spazzy energy that makes Freddy so goddamn memorable, though. The fact and that- scary, because yes. he, he can cut a joke. He can cut a hot fart. Yeah, and he, he can also <laughs> cut you into pieces. And he can also cut you into pieces. And yeah, he can also true. cut a hot fart. He can cut a hot, wet fart. Remember that in the first one? Yeah. When he's got when he's got old accordion arms going yeah, towards Tina? Yeah, and she's like, oh, my fart. And he's like, this is a fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with his long hands <laughs> and his he, long arms. And she goes, um, I don't think that was a fart. And you're sitting there just going, I don't remember. Is this the director's this, cut? <laughs> what is this? Oh, I'm on spe- Yeah, it was the director's cut. All right, look, what do you say we take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to dig our claws into this masterpiece? Okay, our gardening shear glove. Let's do. Oh, your voice uh, went up. Yeah, I'm going through puberty <laughs> again. Again, uh, it's weird. You lucky so and so. It's like Benjamin Button, but like different. So it's I don't know. Like Benjamin Button, but like um different. You heard yeah. it here first, yes. folks. We'll be right back after we go to this ad break. <laughs> We don't have a second sponsor. Um, sponsors, hit us up. Hit us up. You, this moment right here, this ad break we're taking, this is where you could be, right, Phil? Yes, sir. Right, right here in this spot, right here in this good juicy spot. This is where you could be. How does that feel? Does that feel good, sponsors? <laughs> Help me out. This is a sponsor ad now. What do you think, sponsors? <laughs> Being in this moist, warm spot in the middle of our show with your juicy ads, with your big, veiny, yeah. fucking virile ads. Ver- yeah. <laughs> your varicose veins. <laughs> On a penis? Because that's Good. clearly the pun we're making. Oh, okay. You know. Uh, you know me and comedy don't get along. They do not. Yeah. You two are not on speaking terms. Oh, no. <laughs> I actually have a restraining order on comedy. <laughs> oh, Phil, could you imagine, though, if this sponsor we're talking to, mm-hmm. this this hopeful sponsor, 
If right now we were just advertising the shit out of their fucking product, yeah. that would be fucking nuts, exactly. man. Exactly, and they'd be like, we need these guys. You'd be buckling at the knees with how hard yeah. we'd be doing this ad right fucking now. Get the now. Holy Ghost. <laughs> I got fully fledged whap just thinking about this sponsor, dude. Um... I want wet ass podcast. Wet ass podcast. That's what we do here. You know. Sometimes this is I can throw it. Sponsors in. hit us up, please. Okay. All right. Well, let's get back to the show. Let's do it. <laughs> Stupid. All right. Let's get into it, man. The opening scene, dude. The opening scene of this movie. The 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 opening credit sequence, right? Where it's just that. That rectangular box in the center of the film. Mm. And you just see Who's Freddy? Just off screen. Yeah. Right with his shitty little cool Santa sweater. Yeah. <laughs> you know that there's a theory out there Hot where colors. he is just like a crazy former elf. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's like doo-doo brown. And it is green. not doo-doo brown. It's, like it's red and green. Red Do you green. not know colors? No, actually. You know I why don't. Wes Craven chose red and green is because those are the two colors that uh, that are the most difficult for the eye to register when they're side by yeah. side. So it creates an uncanniness right away. But you see him basically, it opens with him, and he's making his fucking glove. Right? And the glove is what sets Freddy apart to begin with. Yeah. He has these metal claws that he can just slice you to pieces or with. Or just go inside the gut. Yeah, yeah. It just immediately fuck you up big time. You know, whereas Jason, he used whatever. Like, Jason used, what was it, machetes, arrows. Hammers. Har- harpoon guns, bazookas. Yeah. Playground insults, nuggies. Yeah. Remember when fucking Jason would get you in a good old fashioned nuggie? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Couldn't say anything. Yeah, whereas like Freddy, he was old school, man. He's like, I'm picking, I'm gonna fucking pick one weapon and I'm gonna use the shit out of it. And he did. To great effect. Oh, yeah. The Freddy glove is iconic. That glove's cool. That glove is cool. Yeah, I agree. You I can agree. kill or you can, you know, do your gardening. I think the brilliance of the misdirect of this movie is that it opens with Tina in her nightmare, right? She's the first person you see outside of, you know, Freddy's hands and stuff. Yeah. And she's immediately positioned as the main character. That's what you would think, yeah. Right, yeah. She's she's attractive young blonde woman. She's the one who's being chased. You are inside of her dream to begin with. And then after that, she's at school. She's talking to her friend Nancy and her boyfriend Glenn and... She's like, I've been having these dreams. Maybe we're going to have an earthquake soon. Tina's boyfriend was Rod, which was Nick Corey, mm. not Glenn. That was Johnny Depp. I said Nancy's boyfriend. I said she was she was talking to Nancy and her boyfriend. Okay, the way it sounded was you meant... Did I make it sound? Yeah. Did you, I do that? Yeah. Oh, Phil, That's I why I got know. confused. Phil, I know what's going on. I'm not incoherent. I I disagree. I'm but not I dreaming. Know, I, well, you don't know that for sure. And I, look, can I take a moment to apologize? Sure. <clears throat> okay. I'm sorry. What? 
It's hard. You got to apologize. I said I'm sorry. I uh, know you are sorry. You're not I said naughty. that. No, said you I'm have to say I am to you sorry. For th- I'm, I have to say I'm sorry. I'm not yes, from Canada. Yes, you're Canadian. <laughs> you're Canadian. This Look, episode. I'll say it, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry. One one more time. I'm Nori. You're not Nori. <laughs> I, is that the is that the Ellen DeGeneres fish from um let's see. From uh Finding Nemo. Let's see. Okay. We'll find out if it's Nori. No, Nori is uh I think a rapper. Let's check it out. Funky. Sounds familiar. This is scary. Imagine having nightmares with this as your theme song. (laughs) I guess I'd be, I'm chased by mummies. (laughs) It does sound like it. Yeah. Oh, and Brendan Fraser comes in and rescues you? Why not? And you're in his arms and you're just like, Brendan Fraser, you're my hero. <laughs> oh, man, you guys should check out Nori, available on uh, Apple uh, Music. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. But uh, if I can go on, okay? The misdirect is awesome. You think it's going to be Tina as the main character, and then she is murdered in the first 20 minutes. Hey, do you think Freddy has ever done a misdirectomy on anyone? <clears throat> Sorry. You're really pushing it on this episode, man. I, I can't help it. I think, I th- yeah, I know. I know, man. I know. I know you can't. I just wish you could, but you, you know, seem to not be able to. Um, <laughs> let's play Tina's death scene. All right. Somebody there? Please, God. This is God. When she's getting dragged up the fucking ceiling, right? Yeah. That is still one of my all-time favorite horror well, effects. It's like, like, how did they do that? That's 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 the thing. I okay, know. the way they did it was they built a rotating 360-degree rotating rig for that sequence. Okay, there was no strings. This is obviously in the pre-CGI era, and uh, they did it uh, based on uh, the, the fucking musicals of the 50s and stuff, where like Fred Astaire would go dancing up the walls. It's they've been. This okay. is an old Hollywood trick: is just get a soundstage. Build a rig that you just a room, right? A stage room that you can just rotate in any direction you want to. Okay. Yeah. It uh it's 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 gnarly. She hold on, the misdirect of it's so great because she's getting dragged up the ceiling in front of Rod. He's screaming, she's getting ripped to pieces, it's bloody as shit, and it throws you off. It follows Wes Craven's rule for horror filmmaking, right? You want the audience to be scared of the director, right? They should feel that the people behind the camera have no sense of decency. Okay, so Tina's boyfriend, Nick Corey, that's not his real name. Uh his real name is and I'm I'm going to mispronounce his first name. It's J S U Garcia. So I think it's Sue or Jesus or something like that. Garcia. Okay. He uh, d- d- before they cast him, he chose the name Nick Corey to make a, to pass as an Italian American because back then 
Hispanic and Latin people were not getting a lot of roles. Yeah. Right. So he had to pretend he was Italian to be able to get this. So everybody who's a fan of A Nightmare on Elm Street might know him as Nick Corey. That's not his real name. Well, guess what? There's a guy that works with me. Uh, that's his first name, and every time I see him, I'm like, "How do you do? How do you say it?" And what, what is it? I don't. It's every time I forget. All right. Well, look. During the filming of this, he was dealing with substance abuse issues, and then uh, apparently he sobered up and found Jesus, and he's a minister now. Well, good for him. <laughs> yeah, sure, of course, yeah. man. You know, he's living a better life, man. He's living his best life. Yeah, he's not OD'd in like an alleyway in like Los Angeles. So, exactly. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. He didn't take that route. Now, Amanda Weiss has gone on to star in a bunch of TV and film, right? She played Maureen in Diagnosis Murder, bro. You remember Maureen? No, I don't remember Diagnosis Murder. You don't remember from Diagnosis Murder. I know what the show is or was. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a fatal condition, my friend. Okay. <laughs> I think it was with um, uh, it was with uh, Andy uh, Andy uh, the fuck was his name? Andy Griffith. No, was no. it Andy Griffith? It was with Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every episode, he would come into the uh, hospital with his you know white doctor's smock and his little clipboard, and he would go. What's the diagnosis, doctor? And he would look at the camera and he'd go, murder. Start playing Adam song. So now Tina's done. She's been murked. Okay. And they think it's Rod. Rod runs up, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, we're not gonna do plot by plot point by plot point here, but it's now it's all Nancy, my baby. It's all Nancy all day, right? Well, it's Nancy and Glenn. No, it's really just Nancy. Yeah, she's one's like, listen, I'm not crazy. I'm like, ah, you're being crazy. Yeah, that, it's this is Nancy's movie. This isn't Glenn's movie. No. And whoever played him, whatever that guy's name is, this is Nancy. Gary Ross. I don't understand. What's Gary Ross? Gary Ross? What are you talking about? Glenn Gary Ross. Phil? Yeah. Your Glenn Gary Glenn Ross joke. Okay. Which you did not do correctly, but we're not going to do that. All I'm going to say. That was fucking awesome, dude. Okay, cool. That was so I mean, awesome. you know. That was great. Okay, thank you. Oh, I just want to just throw you on top of this podcasting table and just mm. hammer you, bro. Uh, well, there's rust on it, so. That's okay. Well, you know, we'll put down a pad. Yeah. We'll put a crash pad down All for right, you. All right, I'll just body slam just you. Let, yeah, Hulk Hogan slam me. <laughs> Give me a leg drop, brother. Oh, uh, and then you can do it to me, man. All right. You know, to I, me, I, man. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, her boyfriend, Glenn, though, he was played. What was that guy's name again? Yanni Yep. Johnny Deep, dumbass. Oh, Johnny Deep. Yeah. Um, I think the single scariest scene for me in uh, this entire movie, well, like, what's yours? What's what's what what sequence or scene sticks out for you as the most horrifying? Um, I would say Johnny Depp when he goes in when he gets sucked into uh, oh. the bed and like just that big fountain of blood. But <clears throat> I'm gonna go. Where no one dies. It's Nancy laying in the bed before Tina dies, where Freddie's face just comes oh. through that wall like some weird, like wet, like mm-hmm. latex paint kind of like. Well, that, fa- yeah. that was a latex wall that they had made. 
and he just pressed up against it with like somebody like holding his back so he didn't yeah. fall through it and he just comes through yeah and the second he pulls away she like wakes up and looks up you know oh that scene yeah that's very oh. like there's no blood no one dies but that's still like the ugh no that is it's again it's He's so, watching you sleep yes again freddy's whole thing is just about violating your sense of space and and comfort and safety and all that you know that and i agree dude that scene's great the one that since I was a kid, it's so horrifying. It's so, again, that horror thing of the sense of the uncanny, like the H.P. Lovecraft thing. The thing that scares me the most is Nancy in the classroom, Tina in the body bag, right? The mightiest Julius fell. The grave stood tenantless, and the sheeted dead did squeak and gibber in the Roman streets. It's so strange. Like the student starts reading, uh, you know, Shakespeare in love or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Shakespeare in the park. (laughs) He starts reading Shakespeare in the park or whatever. I didn't pay attention. And then he starts speaking very slow as he's talking. And she's now in the dream world. And then you see Tina in the body bag outside the door. Nancy? It's so goddamn and Horrifying. Like, um, uh, the hall monitor. Oh, yeah, she starts following the trail of blood, mm-hmm. and then when she runs into the hall monitor, which, let's be honest, every hall monitor looked exactly like that. Yeah. Right? And she's like, you need a pass, and she's like... Eat my shorts, no, man. She, <laughs> what's the line she says? Screw your pass. Yeah, or something like that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She goes walking past, and she's like, Nancy, I'm actually Freddy, but I've shape-shifted. And she, for some reason, had a nosebleed. Yeah, that's the, I don't know what that is. I've always wondered what that, I, I think it's just a tell. Ah, uh, yeah. Not the bald, chain-smoking comedian. I mean, like, it's a tell. Like, a, uh, like okay. You know. It's not a tell. <laughs> it's not a tell. It's a tell. Okay. You, okay, good. Okay, we're on the same page here. Gotcha. Yeah, and then she finally meets Freddy Krueger, and when Freddy lifts up his shirt and he cuts his chest and there's just fucking maggots pouring out. Yeah. God, that whole scene. Oh, and then she has to burn her arm to wake out of the dream, which tells you right away that Nancy is a formidable opponent. She already gets, I'm in a nightmare, I could die, here's how I get the fuck out of it. Mm -hmm. And when she wakes up, she's like, ah! And the teacher, again, played by Lynn Shea, uh, again, she was Magda from There's Something About Mary. Yeah. You know, she always have a big banana split after sex. <laughs> She's so good. I hated that fucking tit scene. I was she, like, oh, no. <laughs> well, of course. It's a gross out well, scene. yeah. She's so funny. I love Lynn Shea. She was in all of the... Uh, Kingpin. Kingpin. I gotta wait pay the rent. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. She is so great in that. She's so great in that. Uh, her brother, Bob Shea, is uh, the producer and the founder of New Line her- it's her brother. It's her, it's her husband. No, it's her brother. Okay. You don't realize that sisters exist. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Her brother, Bob Shea, is the producer and the founder of New Line Cinema. That's the studio that put out Dumb and Dumber, Rush Hour, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mortal Kombat. Uh, oh, yeah. It's true. Um, also, Austin Powers starring serial killing Mike Myers, baby, Randy. Exactly. <laughs> Who'd have thought it, that he would show up so much in the slasher movie podcast? Mm-hmm. But then again, Halloween. Yeah. You know, isn't that special? Yeah, special. That's <laughs> special. 
The real achievement of the special effects, the Tina dragged up the ceiling effect, yeah, Nancy in the bathtub sequence. It's so creepy. It's, again, so... Look, I'm a big bathtub guy myself. Like, to the point that when I'm not even doing the podcast, right? Yeah. The other 23 hours of my day are spent soaking up the suds. If I had what would be considered a tub, uh, it's more of like the shower thing. You have a jug. Yeah, I have a jug. I put water in it, and once a week, I take a shower with my big jug. Yeah, and you and your cousins just blowing into yeah. the jug. Yeah, with the jugs with the three X's on them. Which means poison. Yeah, and you're fucking spoon man. Okay, come together with your hands. Um, You know the way they shot the bathrooms in? No. Because remember, she gets dragged down, and you see that there is a that's a pretty deep bathtub, dude. Right? Well, the way they actually did it was uh, they built a bathroom set over a swimming pool. I'm telling you, dude, the fucking creativity. Horror, yeah. horror movies in general, slasher movies in particular, will never fucking get the respect they deserve, right? From, like, the mainstream audiences, especially critics. Yeah. The ability of the FX experts to create iconic sequences, you know, on the cheap in little time. That's movie magic, dude. It's, it's especially in a movie like this. That's what makes this fucking movie, is well, the fact that they built a bathroom over a pool. The every effect... Even those long arms, which were, yeah, uh, they're puppet arms, but they're they're controlled by guys with like uh, like with fishing poles and bad backs. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, teamsters. Yeah, I'm on my uh, I'm on my two hour smoke break. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is gonna take four years to fucking produce. <laughs> they take care of each other, but they're they're not that efficient. Oh, okay. This little anti-fucking union rant over here. What the fuck are you doing? Hey, if I was part of one, I wouldn't be complaining. Nancy's mom is basically just classic suburban mom. I know we already talked about it, but again, low-key alcoholic, checked out, keeping fucking secrets. Anytime you ask her about something, it's just you're just too young to understand, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that classic parent shit. Just dropping a glass of wine and just slurring everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she, Well, no, she was straight vodka, dude. Yeah. Now, she wasn't just doing like, you know, just like just like a little Pinot Grigio with like a sugar cube in it. <laughs> like she was doing straight up fucking. Okay, so yeah. it wasn't a six wine afternoon. Oh, no, it was a fucking whole bottle of Tito's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the middle skinny of the- Skinny girl. Yeah, in the middle of the day. Yeah, this isn't as bad for me. It's skinny girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um- but that's how I was kind of raised, man. I love my parents, but they were totally wrapped up in their own. They had their own problems. Well, yeah. And, and you're they, a part of it. <laughs> and they didn't give a f- Exactly. Yeah. They were just like, oh, please go to your bedroom and be moody. Yeah, go go to your bedroom and die. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if it was yeah, that I bad. mean, in this movie. What about your parents? Were they like, like you know, or did you have parents who just always like, sit on my knee, child, and I'll tell you about love and no. just the birds and the bees? No, it was 
It was the usual. Just like uh, I was a '90s kid. Come yeah, on, I they know. didn't give a shit. We were, you know, uh, and it's not necessarily a brag either. Is, no. but we were like the last of the uh, the latchkey suburban kids. Mm-hmm. It was before everybody apparently found out about pedophiles and freaked out <laughs> with that Chris Hansen yeah. show. So now everybody thinks everybody's a pedophile. Yeah. Uh, but back then it was just kind of like it was just like ah, ah. Just, ah just go, go do whatever. whatever. I don't care. Yes. Go play in the sewers. <laughs> in the sewers with your little hockey mask friend. Yeah. With your little dumb friends. <laughs> with your little weird uh, clown devil demon. Yeah, you little there. clown devil space <laughs> demon, man. Thang, I don't know. I don't know. Thang, Ed, whatever. Yeah, you get call. away, Georgie. <laughs> Georgie Porgy. Yeah, you know, in fact, back then I was so just latchkey that that's, you know, I needed guidance and it was angry as fuck punk rock Mm-mm. and horror movies. That's what saved my life was watching slasher movies and listening to like misfits records. Yeah. You too. We were very, a, Oh, well we were in a course. punk band together, yeah. you know, and, and it was just like, okay, how do you play skulls by misfits? That's how bad we were at instruments yeah. that we didn't know how to play two chords. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I love, I love the misfits so much. I was they, I was listening to them earlier today. What what misfit songs were you listening to? Where Eagles Dare. Oh, that's a great. Hold on, I, I want to hear that. I haven't heard that in a while. I haven't listened to Misfits in forever. The Misfits kick ass, dude. Of course they do. I mean, I, I guess it's obvious, but oh, man. Anyways, so, you know, especially this time of year, just the run-up to Halloween, I'm just going to be listening to a lot more Misfits, too, because it yeah. was all just, you know, it was like spooky, creepy 50 shit. Spooky, <laughs> creepy stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I think it was punk rock and horror movies, especially, you know, movies like this where I would just watch it, and I was like, because this movie, I feel like, Wes Craven was still young enough to remember how much it sucked being a teenager and how dumb parents are when you're that age. We were just like, oh, I don't know, little man. I don't know uh, about this big life crisis. You're, you're on your through. own. The fucking cop dad was just like, oh, Nancy, you idiot. Yeah. You're being lame brain like your lush mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I know. What a weird relationship, the mom and dad. Because what I've never been able to figure out, because I don't think they state it clearly, were they separated, or are they just so it, distant I in the same house? very distant in but, the same house. Like, under the same roof? Yeah. Like, she's just getting shit-faced watching fucking Merv Griffin. <laughs> and he's, Morning television yeah. talk shows. Yeah, and he's... And just vaguely laughing. And he's in the backyard just, just drinking his fucking paps and chain-smoking. Yeah, just waiting on the next case. And Nancy comes up, and she's like, can I talk to you about... Um, you know, there's this boy named Glenn, uh, and he's like, Glenn Ross, and she's Does like, it, no, that's also not the reference you think you're making. Okay. <laughs> well, just, he is drunk on the it, back patio. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, shitty parents. And look, again, I love my parents, but they were classic 90s parents. They were yeah. just like, look, just watching Nickelodeon, all right? And then they just left yeah. for 48 hours. Daddy's got to worry about bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah, uh, Fred Krueger's backstory. Um, a lot of seventies and eighties horror was about not explaining why evil people were evil, right? Like, like Halloween. It doesn't explain why 
Mike Myers is the way he is. You he, just know he's pure evil. Yes, exactly. Well, as Loomis will explain, yeah. but that's it. That's all you're getting about it. There's no, you do not, there's no reason for him to be going after Laurie Schrode. No. He has no relation to this woman. No. The sequels fuck that up by <laughs> making her his sister. Which hey, is, let's do the Star Wars thing. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, we kissed Michael Myers. Don't you remember? This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, that was a thing, especially the 70s, 80s horror filmmakers. They were like, I don't want to give you any explanation for for what's happening Exactly. Here. That's what makes it scary is the unknown. Well, it was a reaction against the final narration in Psycho. It's sad. When a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son, but I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder, they'll put him away now, as I should have, years ago. He was always bad, and in the end he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man, as if I could do anything except just sit and stare, like one of his stuffed birds. Well, they know I can't even move a finger. And I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet, just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. You know what I mean? It explains everything that's wrong with him, right? So John Carpenter, in particular, hated the ending of Psycho. What he loved about Psycho was everything before it. There's no explanation. It's just pure terror. It's just some psycho who runs a motel and is killing people, right? And then at the end of the movie, it has this staple on scene where it's like, and here's why he's a psycho. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Take that scene out, and it's just as terrifying. You know what I mean? Yes. In fact, it's it's more so. But it works so well in this because while it doesn't add to the terror, it does give you a sense of betrayal, right? That the parents, it's like it's biblical, right? Is you suffer for my sins, right? The parents took an action that they thought would help. Mm-hmm. They burned this guy to death in a house, and he came back to haunt and terrorize their offspring. Very fucking biblical, right? It's very, I mean, Wes Craven was drawing directly from his his Baptist background. Yeah. And I think millennials and Gen Z can kind of relate. You know what I mean? Like, the adults partied like it was 19-fucking-99, <laughs> and we're footing the bill, right? Yeah. Glenn. No, Glenn. Uh, mm, J. Depp. Yep. His Fuck. first role, too, in a movie. <laughs> yeah, and he was already fucking anointed King Twink. Am I right, Phil? Yeah, sure. Oh, my God. He was... Yeah, I can't blame Freddy, though, for... I also would have sucked J. Depp into that bed, dude. Okay, but instead of, like, a geyser of blood? hmm <laughs> Well, you know, it's a geyser okay. of... Okay. Come. Dude, he's so mouth-watering in that, don't you think? Uh, sure, man. They see? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to do two. 
<laughs> oh man, I oh yeah, me neither. Um Actually, there's an Easter egg in this scene. Uh, there's an Easter egg uh, when, just before he gets sucked into the bed, when the radio station he's listening to says, it's midnight and you're listening to station KRGR, Kruger. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never realized that before. I found that in my search for okay. notes. <laughs> yeah, my research. <laughs> oh, man, aren't films fun like that, though? Films are fun. Fun as hell. Fun as hell and sp- Spooky. Uh, yes. Eerie. <laughs> they shot this scene on the same revolving set they did the Tina murder scene. The room was turned upside down so they could dump the blood out and then they would, you know, flip yeah, the shot upside down. Gotcha. It would look like look like blood was spraying out. 80 gallons of blood, right? Cairo syrup, water, food dye. That's yeah. how they did it, right? The water, though, came gushing out so fast and so much that it hit the electrical cables <laughs> and blew everything. Wow. And everybody was just, like, Wes Craven was hanging upside down for a <laughs> half hour in the dark. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is funny film. And then Nancy basically just goes home alone, right? They're yeah, like, goes Jesus. home alone on their ass. Yeah, and it fucking works. She's got paint cans coming down. Yeah. <laughs> roof, just hitting Freddy in the head. He's like, oh, fraggle, Little army man on the fraggle. ground. Yeah, he's just doing his Joe Pesci curses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the freaking frack? Frizzle, frazzle, fuckle. Yeah. And they're like, fuckle's a little. Uh, you can't say fuckle. You can say frickle. And these two face off, and... I like how mom is just passed out in bed. Yeah. Right? Just ass out on some vodka, yeah. right? T- t- Drooling t- on the uh, pillow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, deep fucking just blackout sleep. Yeah. And her daughter is downstairs fighting a fucking pedophile demon. Monster, man. <laughs> yeah. And then she sets his ass on fire. Dad comes rushing the fuck in. And Freddy, where'd Freddy go? Yeah. He's upstairs on top of mom, like, choking her to yeah. death. And then that amazing sequence of her burnt corpse. Yeah, that, that looked goodbye. crazy. Dude, that is iconic. Yeah. As the, as the mattress opens and she just lowers just into lowers the in foggy, like a grave. That is so fucking metal, dude. Yeah, it's metal. <laughs> but don't worry. It turns out that all of this was just a terrible, no good, bad, icky dream. Yeah. Right? Mom's alive. She quit drinking. She just, she couldn't do it anymore, yeah, baby. She's, she, she has that clarity now. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing all white, you know, and she's looking great. She's sunny. Tina, Glenn, Rod, everybody's back. Yeah. they All your friends are back. They're not dead. No. You can live a normal life. Life and Glenn's not driving what's about to turn into a just a giant Freddy sweater car. Yeah, sweater car Impala. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Psych. It is. Oh. And then they speed off. Mom gets ripped <laughs> back, yeah, into, yeah, back the into the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Which look, it does look fake as shit, but it's done so quick. Yeah, it looks like they're dragging a mannequin in, but it's <laughs> quick are. enough. They yeah. are dragging yeah. a mannequin in, <laughs> but it but it works, dude. It works. Yeah. And that's the end of my favorite horror film. Not my favorite slasher. Yeah. But my favorite horror film in general, technically a slasher. Does that make sense? I know I'm sort of like... I mean, it is a slasher. I mean, but... Then maybe I was wrong. A slasher can kind of go off the rails. It's not a... Oh, yeah. Well, this built the rails, went off them, and then built new ones. Better ones. Gotcha. Stronger ones. Faster ones. Okay. Gotcha. And guess where all those jobs were sourced? Right here in the good old U.S. of A. Exactly. Okay. Because this movie cares. That's good. 
<laughs> and when this and if this movie is elected candidate, yeah. I are uh, I are Ick Ben Ick Ben Ein Freddy Yeah <laughs> Everybody's like Yes Yeah Okay Phil What was the budget on this? 1.8 million mm. Can I take a guess How much it pulled in? Guess 1.8 billion? I still don't know money very well uh, well 1.8 ma- trillion 1.8 trillion Final answer uh, Close It made 57 million Fifty-seven million. Fifty-seven million dollars. Is that is that good? I don't know money. Money's icky. That's for I would say on a budget of one point eight million, fifty-seven million is what you got back. Oh, totally. That's probably not bad. Not bad at all. I mean, it's chump change, but you know. Would you want to be a one point eight year old? Or would mm-hmm. you want to be a 57-year-old? 57. Exactly. You can. I'm allowed to do everything. You can fuck. Mm-hmm. You can sing. Yeah. Drive. You can drive while fucking and singing. Buy beer. You can, um, wait, 57, that's older than 21, so yeah, you can. Fuck yeah, yeah you can, you, dude. You can actually do everything according to the law. Yeah, according to the letter of the law. That's amazing. Okay, so yeah, I'd say fifty-seven million. They're doing pretty good there. Pretty good. That's a little bit. That's that. That's that moulin. That moulin. That's that quiche, my baby. Yes, not bad. Them greenbacks. That's them greenbacks. That is uh, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dinero. No, he's not in those. Okay. Dumbass. <laughs> okay. At a point. Okay, sorry. That was embarrassing. (laughs) This film has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is generally regarded as a horror classic, and there are negative reviews, but we're not giving those assholes oxygen. who gives? Even Roger Ebert was like, this movie's bae. Oh, okay. I I want this movie up inside of me. Like, he loved it, dude. Well, good for him. Yeah, dude. We're not going to talk to those shitty, evil, icky, mean critics. We're going to talk to our uh, down-home neighborhood film critic, uh, host of In Movies We Grow. Kale Smith. Thank you. (laughs) Are you serious? Is he not going to answer? No. This is Kale. Hey. No, you're Kale. I'm Michael. Hey, Uh Kale. Okay, that was cr- is is that Freddie on the phone? Phil, I think we're oh. doing a bit right now. Wink, 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 wink. Stay in character. Okay. Uh, Freddie, is that you? Yes. Oh, that's not. Bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, well, hold on. What character should we be? Um, can I be the mailman? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kruger, here's your uh, your uh, your package. Did it involve? My, did it have my copy of Larry Cohen's classic, The Stuff? Um, I don't know because that would be illegal for me to look in your mail. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Did was there a package? Yes, there was, and it's been vibrating the entire time. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a different package. Okay. <laughs> and that's the end of the, the bit. That's the end of the bit. Hey, everyone. Hey, Kale, you are back with a motherfucking vengeance. How you doing, Busterino? I am good. How is everything on Slasher Movie Podcast? It's going... It's um, been a nightmare. It's, 
on Elm Street? Possibly. Or Kale, Riverside. Are you on Elm Street right now? No, we're uh, we're no, we're at Phil's. Why? Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know. Well, you know, okay, let's check in on see what your numbers are for your podcast, smartass. <laughs> Kale, what did you think of A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, directed by the uh the horror maestro himself? O.S. Craven. Okay, okay, okay. We're not talking about the remake, right? Uh, you know, no. I everybody on this episode is being so fucking mean to old Jackie Earl Haley, and I'm here just saying, hey, let's spread the love. But no, we're not. We're talking about the original. Okay, okay, cool. So, um, I, lo- I actually like this one. You know, I finally got a movie I really liked. <laughs> Wait a minute, y'all did Texas Chainsaw, right? We did that last week, and we tried calling you, and you didn't answer, because we got our time swapped. I apologize. Did you not like Texas Chainsaw? Mm, well, not, uh, yes, I liked it. It's very visceral. Oh, I'll say. Yeah? It's a lot, you know, for one person. I don't know why it was a com- I don't know why it was a comedy though. It's pretty graphic for a comedy. You think it's funny? How is it a comedy? You little Jeffrey Not really. Dahmer. <laughs> Not really. I don't know why it was Toby Hooper said it was a comedy. So obviously if the director said it was a comedy, then it has to be a comedy. I think he did like one time it was meant to be a comedy. Like a satire on like it was supposed to be a satire. He might have said that one time being a bit of a smart Alec, even though he is no Baldwin. <sighs> Phil, do you like my slow Alec clap, Baldwin pun? Clap, I slow like. Clap, slow clap. <laughs> Kale, on a scale of one to, uh, you know, shrieking, what do you give the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Buster? Uh, it's, uh, shrinking is good, right? Uh, it depends. I I suppose Uh, if you're the one being sawed in half, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, alright. It's good. It's really good, so I'm gonna go with shrinking. I think it's excellent. I think, you know, Wes Craven, you know, found a way to say something new about, with the genre, rather than just copycat, uh, Halloween. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. We're gonna be seeing. We're believe me. We're gonna be covering a lot of Halloween copycats for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's all the whole '80s was. You know, really, if you think about it. I mm-hmm. mean, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of is the exception because it actually tried to come up with a new premise to go with that formula. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you have deeply upset me. <laughs> you are shitting on the entire premise of our show, Kale. Where can people find you, assface? You can find me on Twitter at MovieKL. Dream Warriors go. And uh, we will have the uh, his uh, his uh, socials in our description. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kale, we thank you. We thank you. And we'll talk to you next week when we cover Child's Play. I love kids' movies. Me too. <laughs> when are you covering it? Bye. Bye. I'm not telling him when we're covering shit. No. Okay. It's not insider in- in- information. No. It's illegal, by the way. Yeah, you, exactly. And you know I followed the letter of the law. The big L. The big L. The L word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
It's a good thing we talked to Kale, huh? Uh, yeah, I love Kale. Well, it's just I never know what to think about movies till we talk to him. And True. now it's like, oh, now I know. This was a good movie. He opens the mind. <laughs> he really does. He pries it open. He opens yeah. the mind of Mencia. Get that meaty brain out. Da, da, da. Yeah. In closing, this is my favorite horror film ever made. I think it is the most American film because it... It it really takes on the suburbs, front and center. And mm-hmm. it says, oh, look at this safe little place. Be a shame if something bad happened to it, right? You know, this well, movie's gangster, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's 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 got that, uh, it's very suburban kind of... Commando. Yes, Hulk Hogan uh, comes in and um, vanquishes Freddy. He's like, I don't think so, you burnt brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one of us can have uh, hot dog skin. There's only one hot dog man in this on this street. But no, this is the movie that still scares me the most. It's beautifully shot. It's fucking cruel. It's really sad in a lot of ways. It says so much about suburban upbringing. Uh, the effects still cut the mustard. Heather Langenkamp is my favorite final girl ever, right? My favorite scream queen, even though, again, she's not a damsel in distress. Yeah. But... Uh, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Like, that is seared into my oh, goddamn yeah. brain forever. I love this movie Any... so damn much. I give it 10 Halloweens, two screams, and a partridge in a pear treehouse of horror. Phil? Okay, well, I'm going to give it 10 Freddy's and 11 Chuckies. You're giving this 11 Chuckies? Mm-hmm. On a scale of a thousand Chuckies, you must not think oh, this movie is that great. I didn't know the great. Chucky scale. I got you, Buster. You got me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess Phil doesn't fucking like it, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen, guys and ghouls, the nightmare is over, for the dawn has broke, and so shall we take a break. But despair ye not, for we will return next week to cover the 1990 slasher movie classic, Child's Play. Until then. You can find us on Facebook at SlasherPod. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at SlasherMoviePod. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts for a shout-out on the show. And we'll see you in hell. La, 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 Why are we saying we'll see them in hell? It's not a very slasher movie. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in the morgue. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Much like Freddy in this movie, you killed it. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. A Bad Ego Production.